Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Four Peas podcast. You may notice right off the bat that our theme song is different. It's a little somber today. And the reason why is because today is 9-11. And on this day, 22 years ago, um, the world experienced uh, a devastating attack uh, on the nation's capital, on the Trade Center, and in Pennsylvania, in an open field in Pennsylvania. And it changed everyone's life. And in some time, in some cases, it saved, it changed everyone's, uh, a lot of people's purpose. Um, people were going out and doing their thing and living their lives. And a lot of people lost their lives that day. And, and a lot of people's purpose did change. And so today's episode, we are going to be talking uh, to two individuals who, one, that was affected on the day, uh, like every all of us were, but he was very, very close to the the um, uh, attack in Washington, D.C., and another one who, out of the ashes, uh, found a way to try to help uh, individuals in their needs at that time, and now, even now, 22 years later, trying to meet the needs and bridge the gap of those who are in need uh, even today. Because we are all still, if you were alive during uh, 9-11, it's, it's funny that there are a lot of people that are now walking this earth that it, it, they're, they weren't alive during that time. They, it, it is a history lesson to them. And for the people who experienced it, it uh, was traumatizing. It was very traumatizing. So without any further conversation, I'll talk a little bit after these interviews, um, we will get into our first interview. We'll be back right after this. Hello, we're back uh, with the Four Peace Podcast. Uh, my name is Trunus Goggins. Obviously, I'm here with you uh, today talking about one of the most uh, devastating days in U.S. history, 9-11. Uh, those of us who were alive uh, during that time and uh, you know, adults during that time can actually remember what we were wearing that day. Uh, I have with me today... A person who was a Navy recruiter on 9-11. He was a Navy recruiter in the Washington, D.C. area on that day, uh, Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. And um, he's going to have a unique perspective of his story because he was actually a uh, military member who had direct access to the civilian population. Gary, welcome to the podcast and thank you for being here and uh, really wanna hear your story. Hey, Trainers, glad to be here. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. So yeah, I was uh, stationed on Andrews Air Force Base in a Navy recruiting office and Andrews Air Base is a little southeast of Washington, DC. And as you know, Trainers, our office responsibility was recruiting we were active duty Navy people. We, we recruited reserve people to go into the Navy reserve. Um, that's why we were stationed on a base. And uh, I remember the morning, I mean, it was a clear day going to the office and then uh, one of the, you know, the plane hit the tower, which of course didn't bring too many people's attention up. And uh, you know, when the second plane hit, my office was across the hall from uh, the Marine Corps commandant's pilots. And uh, one of the Marine Corps captains stuck his head in the office and said, hey, there's another plane hit. So probably 30 or 40 people in, in the building there, they were on staff. You know, we go down to the lounge where the CNN was on and TV was playing and, you know, they're showing the videos and they're talking. And they're, you know, going over everything, as many of you probably remember. 
And um, after a few minutes of that, people were, were making preparations around the building to uh, close the building, to have non-essential personnel, of course, go home, uh, starting putting in security measures. And then it came across the news that the Pentagon had been hit and everybody in the room, I, can't, I remember it, we were all looking at the TV and when they said the Pentagon would hit, it's like everybody in the room looked out the window to the right because on Andrews, we were, uh, I don't know, I guess eight, nine miles from the Pentagon. So we all looked in that direction and we see smoke on the horizon in the direction of the Pentagon that had already started to go up in the air. And as we're looking across the horizon, the flight line for Andrews Air Base was between our building and the Pentagon and uh, planes were, were launching off the flight line uh, pretty rapidly to fly cover over the Capitol, I suspect, because on Andrews, I think the DC National Guard is on Andrews, Navy's on Andrews, Marine Corps is on Andrews, Air Force is on Andrews, of course. So mm -hmm. they were all starting to launch planes to uh, fly cover and I guess shut down the airspace over the Capitol. Um, so, you know, that really affected how we did business specifically because we were on a base that was kind of a high security base because Air Force One, the hangar for Air Force One is on Andrews Air Base. So moving forward, you had increased interest in people joining the military because of what had happened. And right. we were more isolated to try to get people on base to process because we were a secure base. They for we lived on base i me and my family lived on base so it was more difficult for us to get on off base because they would check every car very thoroughly for explosives and, and, and security risk with mirrors underneath the cars with with dogs with uh you know more security checks 100 percent id checks so you know we had to you know start changing our processes to uh interview more people off the base and uh and develop processes where the access was, uh, you know, kind of limited because of changing everything. Uh, you know, just like everything changed in airports with security and, you know, many people alive today that flew before 9-11, certainly we remember the differences in, in checking on a plane than, you know, what came about after 9-11 because it certainly the change, the process did change a lot. Absolutely. Did, um, did, did that act, I mean, you were, you actually, not only did you see it on TV, like so many, all of us did, um, did that, you actually saw it with your own eyes. Not only were you seeing it on CNN or Fox, whatever you're watching on, you also saw it with your own eyes. You, you actually saw the real smoke coming off the building. Uh, and, and, and because of the, the relationship with military members, uh, that we all share, um, did that, what did that do, um, as, as far as you're concerned, what, what did that do? The meaning of you being in the military, did that change? Did, did, did anything change that day within you? Um, like even your, your approach to, to your recruiting mission, did any of that change at that time? At that time I'd been in probably, uh, 15 years or so. It, it, it may have refocused and reinforced it and, uh, and, and brought, some uh, reasons for serving uh, back to the surface and back to the top because you know basically you know at that point you know we're all doing our mission and uh, if your mission is uh, uh, recruiting for a, for a, uh, a global force for good or if your mission is shoveling because uh, 
you have to shovel to create a, a drainage for the runway so the planes can land and carry out their mission. I mean, it's all teamwork. It's all mission. And it's all uh, it all goes into patriotic duty. And I think I think on 9-10, everybody that wore the uniform had a really good degree. Everybody that I knew and I think I did had a really good degree of patriotism. Mm -hmm. I think I think 9-11 brought it to the surface. And when you go through the different phases of, of accepting something like that that happened, when you go from being uh, surprised and shocked to being, uh, you know, downright ticked off to what happened, uh, to downright uh, wanting to refocus and, and stick to the mission and make sure that, that whatever your part is, you do it to the best of your ability and make sure your team follows that. Um, you know, no, no job's too big, no job's too small. So I, th I think if it didn't create really deep feelings of patriotism, it certainly did bring them to the surface. Absolutely. I like to say that uh, uh, in full disclosure, uh, Gary Leaf was uh, was my trainer uh, down in New Orleans uh, and I became a recruiter and he recruited, he actually uh, trained a number of, of recruiters uh, down in New Orleans. And uh, uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be in some of the places I am today um, as, if it wasn't for, for Gary. And I really do appreciate um, his time and his service to our nation. Um, I do appreciate him sharing the story because um, it was a, like I said, it was a, it was a life-changing event uh, for the world. Um, and it did, it changed, uh, it changed my perspective um, that day, 9-10, I, I did love this country, 9-12, uh, uh, I was, I was ready to fight for this country. And uh, I, I will say that Gary, um, did put together uh, a, a number of cohorts um, of, of recruiters that have gone out there to help uh, retool and and reman uh, the United States Navy, and I absolutely appreciate his his service. So thank you very much, Gary, for being here. Uh, well, before I go, um, does nine eleven have? I, I know, like I said, you witnessed it. What does nine eleven mean to you uh, on 9-11-2023? Well, every every anniversary to that year, I, I I don't think there'll ever be a time it comes by that I don't think about the exact day uh, that it happened. Uh, so it is reflective, no matter if it's a Saturday, Sunday, or a Tuesday, or a Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, you reflect on what happened. You reflect on the thousands of people that all they did was just get them to go to work. And, um, um, you know, you think about that. You think about the depth of that. You think about the first responders that uh, selfishly responded immediately in light of everything to go in uh, at their own risk, suffering health issues for, for years later. Um, you know, you think about the whole scope of everything. You think about the political structure. You think about the structure of the first responders, the military structure. And um, I mean, you think about 9-12 and how it changed everything and, and our country's reaction to it. Uh, you know, we can sit back here now, some 22 years later, and think uh, sometimes Monday morning, Monday, Monday morning quarterback. But on 9-12, they didn't really have the benefit of, of seeing what's going to happen in the next 10 or 15 years. They, they had the uh, – they probably had the, uh, the pain in their belly, the, the desire to uh, – uh, correct what what they felt was wrong, and uh, we all felt, you know, I'm you know, I'm going to get somebody. You know, look look at what's happened. Let's let's focus and let's um, you know right this wrong. Uh, 
history always gives us clear views of what's happened in the past. But, um, you know, as far as your question, I, you know, no matter what year the September 11th rolls around, I, I'm going to remember the other one. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Gary, for being on the program. I uh, hope to see you soon. Uh, you only live three hours away, so we owe each other lunch at some point in time. I'll come up. Thank you so much. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. And we're back uh, with the Four Piece Podcast. This podcast is is uh, reminiscent of, uh, I shouldn't say reminiscent, we are, are being reminded of a terrible day in our nation's history, but a day where uh, from the ashes, um, we became a more united uh, country. That we can say indeed. And we have with us now, we talked about the during, and we talked about um now we're going to talk about the after. Uh, the after is there are still people who are affected by 9-11. There are still families that uh, even though we are now 23 years out from 9-11, there are still families that that need help. Uh, there are still families that that are grieving and and they will be grieving forever. Life forever changed that day. And, a, and there is a foundation out of Leesburg, Virginia, called the 9-11 Foundation, who is actually stepping in and filling in some of the gaps for uh, first responders um, uh, and other people uh, that were affected by 9-11 and beyond. Uh, I have with me today, his name is Roger Flick. He is uh, one of the members of the 9-11 Foundation. And Roger, uh, please tell us a little bit more about the 9-11 Foundation and tell me what, uh, what it's all about. Well, um, basically, it all started uh, af after 9-11. Uh, after the attacks, the founders, Ted and Lisa Sherseth, they felt the need to, to help somehow. So they did not know anybody that was affected personally or anybody that perished on 9-11. But three weeks after the attacks, the founders went to New York City with their children to see what they could do. Uh, it was apparent that the economy in New York was suffering. Um, so once uh, they got back home, Lisa decided, "Hey, we're motorcyclists. Let's uh, let's take a bunch of bikers to do to New to New York. Let's do a ride like the Trail of Tears motorcycle ride." And once that idea was pondered by Ted, uh, he phoned his brother Eric, who, uh, by the way, does not ride a motorcycle, and. Uh, Eric picked the first ride date of November 10th and 11th, which was Veterans Day weekend. This was just eight short weeks after the attacks. Wow. Um, so Eric was going to be driving the pickup truck with the trailer and picking up any motorcycles that, that happened to break down. Um, Ted and Lisa's daughter, Erica, actually named the ride America's 9-11 Ride. And uh, that first ride left from in front of the White House with uh, about 250 motorcyclists um, bound for New York to boost the economy. They, they placed a thousand roses at the fence and, and had a big sign letting New York City know how much each of the bikers cared. 
everyone everybody wanted to do it again and so the foundation was formed um, the foundation then started going to shanksville pennsylvania and we we would start the ride from there and uh ride friday morning to the pentagon in arlington and then on saturday morning we'd go from the pentagon to uh new york city stopping along the way for food and fuel and 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 rest and we'd go through small towns and that would come out and wave flags it's it's a very patriotic ride wow okay now with that ride i, I do know that uh you have scholarships and, and the like uh with this foundation does that those rides when you when you contribute or when you want to be a part of that ride are you are you paying a, a fee or raising money how how do you how do you go about getting involved with the ride Yes, there is. Uh, go to our website, and you can sign up on on the uh, on the website. It's a secure site, and uh, we ask people to. Well, for, first of all, you can just pay a regular registration fee, or okay. you you can also get people to sponsor you and and raise money that way. And if you raise fifteen hundred dollars in sponsorships, we'll uh, we'll make you a VIP and let you ride right up front, right behind the police escort. Our motorcycle ride is fully police escorted from start to finish. Okay. And I also know that you raffle off uh, beautiful, beautiful motorcycles. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, in, in years past, we've raffled off motorcycles to, uh, to generate money for our college scholarship program. Uh, we've raffled off some special, specially painted ones. Um, I've sent you pictures of the uh, the 911 tribute chopper that that I own because when when the fellow that won it, um, he he was a biker and and he loved it, but he was afraid to ride it. And uh, and I loved that particular one, so I told him if you ever sell it, call me first. And a couple of years later, he and his wife had a baby and needed some diaper money, so. He called me. I took it off his hands. Right. I, I will say this. I, I, the, the picture of that bike, that was a beautiful bike. I, um, it, it was just, it was, it was just a pretty bike. The bike, uh, you will be able, you, the audience will be able to see pictures of the bike. Uh, there will be a link in the podcast that will take you to the bike. Uh, it is absolutely gorgeous. And tell me, tell everybody in the audience, because I know they're going to see this picture and they're going to probably wonder where it came from. There is a, uh, there is a steel cross in the front of the bike. Uh, tell everybody uh, how that came about. Well, let, let, let me give you a tour of the bike. <laughs> okay. One of my cohorts that does a lot of motorcycle shows with me, he, he started, his name was Richard Sr. He started doing tours of the bike to a lot of people would look at it and say, oh, wow, that's a pretty bike. Oh, right. no, it's more than a pretty bike. It means something. Let me tell you. Let me give you a tour. So okay. it starts on the front fender with the, um, the smoke-filled New York City skyline minus the Twin Towers. And, and then going back further under in front of the engine is this, a steel cross that was literally cut from one of the I-beams of the Twin Towers. A New York City firefighter gave that to Ted and said, do something special with this. He wouldn't give us his name. He says, I don't want any recognition for it. Just do something special with it. And we had built two motorcycles similar to these that were raffled off previously. 
And those two bikes had twin towers down on the front. So we named those the day before and the day of. We named this bike with the steel cross on it the day after, because the day after the towers were gone. And uh, as you go further back on the motorcycle, underneath the seat, the oil tank is in the shape of the Pentagon. It has the crash site painted on it. It has uh, the American flag that the rescue workers hung over the front of the building. And, uh, and as you look at the back of the motorcycle, the keystone insignia is embedded in the rear fender as the taillight. And above that is an upside down teardrop shaped hole. It is a physical hole in the fender. This is an aerial view of the Flight 93 crash site up in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. We wanted to do this as tastefully as possible. Right. That is that is a that's uh, that is a beautiful uh, um, uh, memorial to to uh, all the the people who lost their lives. It was it was absolutely uh, it's a day that um, I don't think anyone who's alive uh, who was alive during that time will ever forget. Um, now you talked about scholarships. You give a lot of scholarships, and now who is eligible for these scholarships that you that you uh, give out? The scholarships. Um... The, the people that are eligible are basically the criteria is you yourself or one or both of your parents has to be an active first responder, fire, police, or EMS. And that, that also includes the, uh, the 911 operators as well. And um, they, they, we, we've given out uh, 272 um, scholarships to date to uh, first responders' kids. And uh, typically the scholarship amount is about $2,000. And um, we, we average between 550 and 750 applications per year. Wow. Yet we, we're only able to give away 15 scholarships. Although well, I again, think those last year we had a little after we gave away 17. Very nice. Very nice. We will have a link in, uh, I, like I said, there will be a link in the podcast notes, not only uh, showing the the uh, the motorcycle, uh, but also going to the link. And also, um, you know, I want you to I want you, the audience, to look at the link and 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 uh, look at the website. Uh, it is a wonderful um, uh, institution. Uh, they do a lot of good work uh, for for the society. And for first responders, and it's a great way to commemorate 9/11 uh, to to even give. Uh, so there will be uh, someone that can go to college and can and can I don't want to say benefit from a tragedy, but well, we can overcome and 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 rise above the tragedy by making sure the next generation is is educated and and uh, ready to go uh, and face uh, this this forever changing world. Um, there's other events going on. I, I looked on the website, but I want you to go ahead and I'm going to give you an opportunity to plug. What are some other events that are going on this year? Well, some of the other things that we've got coming up um, is obviously our ride is the third weekend in August every year. And mm -hmm. uh, that way we, we do that at that time out of respect for the sites so that we don't, we're not a hindrance for any, anybody that's got something um, you know, e each of the sites that have anything going on with uh, on on 9/11. So that's why we do it the third weekend in August. We have we've had cornhole tournaments, we've had um, walks and runs, 
We've got uh, our annual horse derby races coming up in Johnstown. Um, that'll be on uh, September 9th this year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, people won't know about that until after this airs. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they can go onto our website. It's listed on there. And, and right. we're doing our first ever golf tournament at uh, Shaladon in Monterey, Maryland on Friday, 1020. So it's, uh, it's a captain's choice thing. It's $125 per player or $500 per team. Uh, we're still looking for some sponsors if you can help. And um, if you want to have a, have a nice day coming out golfing, come out and, you know, put, put a team together and come out and join us. Roger. And that, where's that, uh, where's that tournament? What, where's that located? It's at Shaladon uh, Links in Monterey, Maryland. All right. Very, very nice. So if you're in the Maryland area or anywhere in that area, Virginia, uh, there, uh, that's, that's one thing about that area. You, you, you can like go to the grocery store in one area and go, go, go to the mall in the next. So, um, if you're yes, in that area, please make sure. We also have, uh, let me see. I got something else coming up here on mm -hmm. October 14th, the week before that we have, mm -hmm. uh, America's 911 and military tribute bike and car show up in uh, nice. Andale, Pennsylvania. This is okay. uh, the, the one, one of our volunteers has done this for the last 11 years. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's a big car show. She does Fantastic. a wonderful job in it. And uh, they, they help the, uh, the veterans, they help the foundation and, uh, it's 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 a good time. A lot of good cars and motorcycles show up. Not only is it a, a good time to 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 go to a car show, it's also the drive there because I the 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 area that you're in, the the leaves are starting to change and it's looking real pretty during that time of year. So yes, it is. Yes, it it's is. It'll be a real real nice time. Nice drive home and uh, our nice drive there and a nice drive home. So uh, and beautiful uh, works of art in automobiles and motorcycles in between. So that'll be a great thing. Roger, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, uh, to know more about the 9-11 Foundation, uh, please, please, please go to the podcast notes and you will uh, have a link to the 9-11 Foundation and you will also uh, get uh, the the times and the places where these new event these events are coming. If you guys are ready to do a ride, I know there's a lot of motorcycle riders in my audience. Uh, don't forget, uh, third weekend in August, uh, come out to the East Coast if you are not on the East Coast and 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 do a ride uh, to commemorate and to honor those who the the many lives that have fallen on 9/11. Thank and you so much, Roger. Well, our, our ride is fully police escorted from start to finish. That's, uh, and, and it's four, about 485 miles one way. Well, so it, nice uh, ride. It, it is, we've, we've been calling it a bucket list ride because I've had people tell me for the last 10, 10 years or so, this is the most well-organized large ride that you'll ever be on. Well, that is that is great. Glad to hear that. And I, I would I, if I re, I would love to go uh, uh, next year as well. So excellent. I need to be again. I used to be. <laughs> I think it's time for me. To, it's time for me to get back on a bike. Thank you so much, Roger. And uh, I appreciate it. We'll be right back after this. Thank you. Do you have the next big thing? 
That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. It was great hearing the before or the during and the after stories of 9-11 and how those uh, individuals uh, witnessed it firsthand and how those individuals are trying to change, turn a tragedy into triumph. Um, and it's a beautiful story. Uh, the the 9-11 Foundation, uh, great foundation, please. Uh, you'll see uh, links in the podcast. Uh, get involved. Um, if you are a motorcycle rider, please, you know, uh, that, that'll be a nice ride. I, I, like he said, I've heard a lot of people say that uh, the motorcycle ride that they do uh, to commemorate 9-11 um, is one of the best rides and most organized rides they have ever been on. I remember 9-11, um, I was 30 years old when, when that happened. And uh, I remember watching the whole thing on TV. I was in Indiana at the time. Um, I remember watching everything um, just unfold. I watched the towers go down. Um, and I, I thought to myself, this, this, uh, this isn't happening to us. Uh, if you are someone who was born in the 70s and 80s, we did not experience um, the war and and the turmoil that our grandparents and our parents went through. And then we had to now we were faced with not only a not only a, a political attack, but an attack on our very culture. It made a lot of people angry. A lot of people joined uh, the military after that. I know that I went uh, active duty uh, right after that. And I was a legal, I did legal work for, for people going overseas. And as, and then I ended up going uh, and doing recruiting work uh, in Indiana. Uh, but there was a lot of, of people who their lives changed. There are, there were grandparents who had to become parents. There were spouses that became widows and widowers. There were children that became orphans. That was what happened that day. The, the purpose of those individuals changed and it forever changed. But out of the ashes on that day, it brought a sense of unity that I have never seen before in my life. I watched people, they were no longer conservatives or liberals, black, white, Hispanic, they were never, they were no longer Republicans or Democrats. They were, they were even, even in, in sports, uh, everybody was on the same team. We were Americans on 9-12 and we were very unified and it helped in overcoming that pain. You would see people in line and, and we would just look at each other and, and, and we would smile at each other, something that we're not doing today. Uh, I'm I'm never going to turn this uh, podcast into a political podcast. Uh, I am talking about building your life, and I don't care what party you're in or how you are. I just want you to be better because the better you are, the better we all are going to be. But I will say that today uh, we are we have you know there's always signs it says never forget, never forget, never forget. 
I don't care what side you are. I, I mean, I really don't care who you're voting for or anything like that. But we have forgotten. We have forgotten not the fact that the towers fell. We're always going to remember that. That's going to that's going to be uh, um, that's going to be imprinted in our minds forever. But we forgot who we were. We forgot that we are a family. We are an American family, and it does not matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what our political affiliation is. It doesn't matter what our sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what our color is. It doesn't matter what our religion is. It doesn't matter. If you live in the 50 states and you love this country and you pay taxes in this country and you do all these things in this country, you're an American. And that person that, that may you may disagree with is still your brother or sister because that's our family. And I think we've gotten away from that big time. Um, and so for today, if you can do anything to commemorate 9-11, you don't have to worry about flying a flag. You don't have to worry about donating to someone. Why don't you go up to somebody and say, hey, I hope you have a nice day. Why don't you go up some somebody and 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 what where you're driving in a car and you see somebody that's trying to get out of a parking space or trying to get out of a parking lot, trying to get on the main street, let them in. Why don't you pay it forward? Why don't you go to uh, a, a lunch station uh, for, for children? And why don't you go and say, hey, I want five people who have overdue lunch balances and pay their bill. That's what it means. We need to come back to that. And we need to go come back to the fact that, you know what? We are still, we're all together in this. And that would make 9-11 the tragedy. That would turn that tragedy into triumph once more. Tomorrow, we're going to get back to upbeat music. Tomorrow, we're also going to get back to, uh, um, tomorrow, we're going to talk about communication and planning. And this is going to be a very interesting uh, um, podcast that you're going to hear. Uh, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. And like I said, uh, we are all one big family. Good night. <laughs>